welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Alexis Kingsbury, who's the co-founder of Air Manual and Spider Gap, and also a serial entrepreneur. Hi, how are you doing? Hi there, Simon. Great to be here. Yeah, good, thank you. <laughs> good. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to have a conversation today about uh, Air Manual, and we'll find out a bit more about the business and how you're helping organizations in a second but in the intro there I talked about you being a serial entrepreneur so tell us a bit about yourself your kind of career bio what you've done how you've got to be and where you are today yeah sure so if we go right back to the beginning like when I was a kid I was pretty entrepreneurial um, starting all sorts of businesses and washing cars and sweeping drives and even I even created like a PlayStation fan site and did a bit did banner advertising back when you could get paid just for having impressions on your website and all that kind of stuff. Um, but throughout, well, for, for years and years and years, I kept on starting new businesses and really just struggling to scale. Like it was, it was always dependent on me. I couldn't grow it. And uh, despite the fact that rather embarrassingly back then, my sort of dream was be bigger than Branson, which which I, I've amended that goal now. Uh, but um, uh, back then, like it was just so frustrating, I couldn't couldn't scale. Um, and then, so I became a management consultant, thinking perhaps you know perhaps starting my own business isn't isn't the right way to go. Uh, became a consultant, worked with loads of amazing large businesses like Honda and AstraZeneca and so on. And uh, as part of helping them with solving their big problems, like sorting, uh, improving their processes and so on, I realized, ah, this is the answer. This is how you scale a small business to a big one is people and processes. And uh, it was through that realization that when I then left, uh, it's, uh, I managed to build um, first one, uh, first a consultancy business, then a soft, uh, software business, which is SpiderGap, and now a second software business, which is Air Manual. Um, and yeah, we're now in a position where we've got a global team of, of, uh, of 15 people around the world serving over 550 organizations and customers and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was not a smooth journey. <laughs> There's various points along the way that are extremely painful, um, but I'm really, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love love what we get now get to do uh, and the amazing team that we've kind of uh, built along the way. Excellent. So uh, a, a varied variety of things, but sounds like you've kind of got some solid foundations there that you've built the business on. And yeah, if it, if it wasn't easy, it wouldn't be fun, would it? No, no, exactly. That's <laughs> what I often tell the kids, right? You know, and they, <laughs> when they're struggling with something, it's like, oh, why can't I just suddenly be good at this? Or why can't I win this board game all the time? And of course, the answer is you, because it'd be boring. Like you, you wouldn't want to do it if that were the case. Like <laughs> you, we can play a game called drop a stone on the ground, and, and if it hits the ground, you win. No one wants to play it. But uh, yeah, so it's been a, it's been a fun game over the last whatever it's been, sort of seventeen years of uh, of helping businesses in some way, uh, improving their ways of working on processes and so on, uh, and about twelve years of building my own uh, businesses that I still own. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's not, not been easy, but wow, it's been fun. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. You've got to enjoy the, the journey, haven't you? I think that's what you learn. If, if you're only heading for the destination and want to enjoy it when you get there, it can be a long way off if, if you get there at all. So enjoying the ride is a, a key learning since kind of we started our business rethink that, um, mm. yeah, if you're just heading to the destination, what do you do when you get there? If you ever get there? Oh, exactly right. In fact, uh, enjoy the journey is our fifth core value. 
Um, we have five core values and enjoy the journey is there because for that exact reason, right? It's because not just for us as business leaders, myself and my co-founder, but also everyone in the team. Like if you if you set goals, you know, big lofty goals and then expect to be happy and, and feel fulfilled when you hit them, um, you'll be really disappointed because that's often not how it happens. Uh, instead, it's the, all the little things along the way. It's the you know really fun workshop that you had with the team where you're dealing with a particular issue or you know just enjoying the fact that you managed to get out for a a walk with a with a with you know someone close to you at a time that you were feeling stressed or whatever like it's it's those little things all along the way that are really what life and happiness and someone is made of so yeah i think it's absolutely crucial to enjoy every step good so tell us a bit more about air manual then how how did it come about you talked about you kind of working in management consulting and maybe you had that, that light bulb moment but how how did you think about forming the business and i suppose more importantly what things are you helping organizations um drive forward and problems that you're solving yeah so embarrassingly perhaps <laughs> even though i was a process consultant for uh, quite a few years as a as, you know as a management consultant helping other businesses when I then built um, my first software business, Spider Gap, I was, I think, well, I think partly because I had a manager at a, at a, when I was a management consultant, who told me that I'd never be a good people manager. And unfortunately, I believed them. And so when we then started building the, the software business, I kind of tried to build it without hiring people. And when I did then start hiring people, I avoided managing them and training them. I kind of assumed, oh, well, I'll just bring in amazing people. Like I I brought in a salesperson who had done a million pounds of sales in the previous year and thought, well, if I bring them in, then I don't need to rely on my skills to train them and give them the processes and the guidance and everything. I don't need to manage them day to day or hold them to account. You know, they've achieved amazing results. So they'll just come and do that for me. and I think most people who have been in business a few years uh, have probably had some similar experience where they thought they'd done a great hire and then realized actually just hiring a great person doesn't suddenly mean you get great results. Yeah. And so it was then that the kind of, I'd love to say the light bulb went on. I'd say it slowly started to glow over the next couple of years um, where I realized that actually I could be using one of my strengths, one of the things that I'd learned, which was documenting processes and breaking things down so that other people can understand them and um, and create onboarding checklists that new team members could use to understand how do they do a really good job in their, in their new role and particularly how do they get up to speed really quickly. And so it wasn't until we started doing that that things really started to change. And so before that point, it was painful. It took a long time to train anyone into the team. And even then, like they were kind of learning by osmosis and the results weren't great and it was taking up all my time. So then I was frustrated because I was thinking, oh, you know, I may as well have just done this myself rather than train them. And so um, when we started kind of using checklists to help people self on board, really, everything changed. And we suddenly found that we could get people up to speed in like a week, like in a sales role, get them up to speed in a week and being able to deliver, do customer calls. But also it was taking like five times less of my time to actually get them to that point. And so that allowed us to uh, start growing. We then hit a barrier when we found that what we'd created in terms of processes and onboarding and guidance and so on in Word and PowerPoint and you know, variety of tools like most business owners start off with, like it started to get really messy. And so 
what I'd found is that then I was stuck back right back in the business again. And I, I wasn't able to work on it. I wasn't able to grow it because I was having to answer all the questions. I was having to help people when they weren't sure where to find the guidance or when a new process needed creating or when even just a little tweak or update needed making, they didn't know how or where to do that. And so I realized like what we really needed was everything in one place and we needed it to be easy for people to make updates and fast because otherwise they like just don't bother. They'll go, oh yeah, I'll do that later. And then they forget. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that was what led us to create Air Manual, which is a tool for documenting processes and onboarding and all that guidance as really easy to follow interactive checklists. And when we did that, we found for for us, but also now for lots of businesses and across a variety of industries, like it changes everything because suddenly you're able to have a, you know, sort of process culture, I guess, a, a, a group of a, a team who are um, empowered to be able to create processes and update processes and manage them and so on without that business leader. And so that has been absolutely transformational in terms of my ability to further step outside of the business, um, which most of the time means that I can work on the business rather than in it. Um, but it also allows me to uh, to enjoy the journey as well. For example, uh, this summer, I took a six-week road trip with my wife and kids in a motorhome traveling across France and Spain. Uh, and at the same time, my co-founder took a four-week uh, holiday with with his family as well and I think that's that's really important is as a business owner being able to step out of your business either for your mental and relationship wellness um, or to be able to work on the business to kind of improve it and grow it and so um, so that's that's been absolutely incredible that we've found and I love the fact that we now get to work with other business owners and leaders and managers and so on to help them achieve the kind of same results because it's supremely rewarding. Excellent. So just kind of circling back around on a few points, did the business kind of grew out of a problem you had internally almost by the signs of it that then you managed to scale up and, and across? Is that true? Yeah, exactly right. And I think, you know, that's off, often the way for, for businesses where you're kind of scratching your own itch as, as it's often referred to in the kind of software world. Um, the danger with that is always that you have to then be careful that you're not only building it for yourself. And that was a really interesting journey for us because whilst to some extent I'm a process geek, right? Like my background is process and so on. So what we had to do is make sure that what we were building with Air Manual would work for any business, you know, even the most creative uh, group of <laughs> of renegades would be yeah. able to actually use processes to to give them freedom like that's one of the amazing things is like if you want more freedom in your business i think often the the more you know the, the people that think of themselves as free and creative and so on often avoid that putting that structure in place and so um they actually find themselves stuck in in the business because they're having to do a load of stuff that they don't really like doing because that structure isn't there and so what we had to do is work out how can we make sure that even those people who really just don't like process like how do you get the stuff out of their brains and into a structure that means it gives them and their teams freedom to, to spend more time on the creative and the value add stuff so it's kind of been an interesting journey of both solving our own problem and and meeting those needs but then working out how do you make sure this uh, this applies for a, a wide variety of business owners but that's kind of basically been the journey particularly over the last couple of years yeah and kind of probably quite timely in terms of this conversation 
the the world's a strange place at the moment. Clearly, yeah. Lo- lots of things have happened over the last couple of years, and as we talk, you know, war in Ukraine is um, seems to be up in the ante. We've got energy. We've got the new uh, prime minister that's just come in. We've clearly got the the death of the queen, unfortunately. So there's lots of uh, untested water that we're kind of sailing in. And if we then think about business, so you know, lots of our works retail, hospitality, manufacturing but much the same in software and, and office-based environments. There's a real challenge with, and, and maybe some of this is the kickback from Brexit recruitment. I think there's yeah. there's far more vacancies than people now. Clearly, that means that it's a pretty much a an employee's market in terms of salary. I was yeah. reading in the paper yesterday that, you know, there's, there's organizations, small ones certainly, where they're offering somebody a job, um, that person's working out their notice and then a couple of days before that person's decided to join, they go work somewhere else. So you've put in all the effort, yeah. you've maybe set them up on the systems, got their laptop, got their ID, all that kind of stuff and all the background checks and then boom, they've gone. So there's there's lots of things happening. There's certainly lots of turnover in, if we just focus on retail, maybe in that colleague level and mid-management level. And that that just then drives work for people. So to exit people from businesses, to bring people on board, clearly everybody you bring on board, there's probably 10, 15, maybe even 20, 30 now with the, with the current climate of interviews to be done. Yep. So that's all that kind of great resignation piece. But then once I'm here, you want me to stay and you want to keep me engaged so just just talk us through kind of that journey where we're onboarding someone into company x then how does the platform take us through that journey and help maybe address some of those points or or highlight to people that there's some things that need addressing yeah so i i i love your summary there simon because i think i think that that brings it all together really really nicely and and because you're 100 percent right it is a bit of a, a crazy time. I mean, it, it feels odd to be saying that now, given where we are after coronavirus and so on, but it's like, it just keeps continuing. And so I think in terms of those priorities, I think, yeah, exactly right. Like how how you deal with that tricky recruitment market is a key one. Um, we're also in a, in a period of uh, high inflation. We're likely to be going, you know, we're appearing to be into a recession or going into one. Um, and so there's lots of, challenges potentially for businesses going forward on the flip side there's actually a lot of opportunity there um, both in terms of whenever there's a recession it's an opportunity for a redistribution of wealth and so you just need to be on the right side of equation for that and so there are ways to do that but equally on the recruitment market because on, on on the one hand it's frustrating for small business owners who are finding that they are attempting to hire candidates and then that candidate, they feel like they've done a load of work and then that candidate goes to work somewhere else. But equally, there's an opportunity to uh, recruit better and, and be the employer of choice in a way that previously was reserved for the Netflixes, the Googles, the big companies with big, uh, with deep pockets. And so, now you're in a situation where you don't have to pay more than everyone else to attract great talent. One of the reasons that uh, employee wages and, and so on are going up because, you know, uh, and you've got this employee's market is because people are looking for more from an employer than just the money. And therefore, the companies that aren't willing or able to keep up are having to offer more to try and attract the same quality of staff. 
But on the flip side, it means that businesses, small businesses like mine, we attract and retain people who could be paid up to two times, maybe even three times in some cases, what they're currently paid if they went somewhere else. But they don't want to because of what they're able to get when they're coming and working at Air Manual or Spider Gap. The benefits that we provide beyond cash are sufficient to make people want to stay, make uh, make them want to come work for us, and even make them want to wait to come and join us. I've had people who have gone through a recruitment process with us, weren't our number one choice for a particular role, and so we've just kept in contact with them. So we said, you know, I'm really sorry. Not uh, unfortunately, only got one role at the moment. We've had select, we've selected someone else. Um, we think you'd be a really good fit but haven't got a vacant role for you yet. And we've kept in touch on a regular basis. And then I've ended up hiring them even a year later and they've left another job that they went into in the meantime. And it's not like I poached them based on salary, essentially poached them based on some extent, um, good employer marketing, i.e. conveying the benefits of working at us versus anywhere else. But of course, it's not just about talking good game. You have to walk that talk. And so I think in terms of how do you do that? How do you provide a compelling enough proposition and offering to uh, people that are going to work for you? I think a lot of the things are things that business owners already know that they should have and sometimes have um, held off on doing or kind of skipped, like having defining a clear set of values and making sure that those are communicated through everything that you do and that you uh, live by those values, you use them as part of your recruitment, you use them performance management, you use them for decision making. I think that employees nowadays, they care about that stuff. They want to see that you you state what you believe and that you live up to that. I think things like transparency are really important to people as well. So making sure that you're not hiding loads of stuff or even just, uh, you know, even inadvertently because stuff isn't documented and shared. Um, I think being organized, being structured and intentional in what you do and consistent in what you do and making sure that when you are bringing someone into the organization, that they have a great experience, not just from not even just from day one in the organization, but from all the way through the recruitment process and immediately after accepting the offer and so on. I think so many businesses out there think, oh, brilliant, recruitment is done once the candidate says, yeah, sounds good. I accept the offer. And then they basically go, brilliant, now we can just go and get back to work. And they forget that that person needs continued nurture if you want to bring them in. And I think, frustratingly, some business owners will look at that and go, oh, ridiculous. What an entitled culture we have. You know, these employees wanting to be handheld all the way through into joining the business. And then they want some kind of onboarding where they're supported and feel engaged and empowered and so on. How entitled. But, of course, you wouldn't do that with your customers, or hopefully not. You wouldn't say, oh, we've spent all this money on and time on marketing. And this customer now says, oh, yeah, actually, this does look like a good fit for me. I'd like to work with you. And then you go, brilliant. Let's now ignore that customer <laughs> and consider them entitled and ridiculous if they don't end up paying us money and end up happy and staying with us for years. Like there's a whole industry around client onboarding and customer success and, and so on. And I think that same approach to marketing and sales and customer success and, and, and retention has to be applied to your employees as well because they they ultimately are the ones that are going to create the experience for your customers and, and build that value. So I think that uh, exactly as you say, it's a crucial time to be doing this kind of stuff. So many business owners f- 
either fear it or hold back from doing it. But now is the time to get this in place. Otherwise, your only alternative is increasing what you're willing to pay people. And that doesn't get you the best people. It just gets the ones that will uh, go where the money is. And how does the product help people through that flow? So where, which points do you jump in to support that kind of initial piece and then the ongoing retention and retain? Yeah, so when we're working with clients on that sort of area, where we'll usually start is looking at okay, what's the what's the onboarding process that you're using for your for your employees? Because a lot of business owners are even just frustrated at how much time it takes to onboard someone into a business. Uh, like we were working with um, with a business owner uh, just last week who had a new joiner starting only so like four days later, <laughs> and, and and was very conscious that they were going to really struggle to to make the time to, to sit down with that person and teach them everything they needed to know. And even then, it would be like drinking from the fire hose, right, for that for that employee where they basically learn ever try and learn everything by being speed talked at. So what we uh, did for them is to document as a um, uh, as a series of checklists what are the things that 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 new joiner that new employee needs to know. So things like um, being welcome to the team, understanding who their manager is, who their buddy is, uh, understanding um, what are the tools that we use, what, what's, our, what's been our journey so far, what's our values, what's our vision, uh, what are our ways of working, how do we communicate, what's the meeting rhythm that we have in the business, where can you get access to our dashboard, our key objectives and priorities, all those sorts of things that you kind of need in your first day or two in the business that doesn't need to be spoon-fed by a business owner. That can be documented as a self-driven checklist that the new employee, in this case, who is a head of operations, can follow to learn everything that they need to do. And in fact, it was it was amazing. Like we literally uh, caught up with them on Friday last week, and the that new employee had uh, covered all the things that they needed to know over a two-day period. Meanwhile, the business owner had been leading a uh, a workshop and mastermind program for 60 people over the course of two days and yet that, uh, if they if that hadn't been the case then that that new head of ops would have just had a really awkward onboarding their first two days would have just been sat in that mastermind that workshop kind of thinking oh you know how, how do I add value what do I do and instead they were able to kind of self-drive their own onboarding and we don't just stop with company onboarding we then say, okay, so now you've learned everything you need to know to work in the business and understand the values and so on. Now, what's your role onboarding checklist as head of operations? What's the most important things you need to know? What are the tools that are specific to your role? What are your responsibilities? What matters most? What are the things, that, uh, how do you need to be, um, what do you need to know or be able to do to perform those activities? And then actually have processes like, you know, detailed checklists for, for example, how to, plan for, set up, run and follow up after their quarterly events and have all of that documented so that really quickly they can start adding value. And I think, you know, if you want to, like when you're looking to hire A players into your business, one of the things that I've seen over and over and over when I've hired and and developed A, A players in my business is they're the ones that set the bar so high for themselves. Your B players, your C players, they kind of think that they're doing fine. The A players who may even deliver higher performance than the Bs and the Cs, they don't. They're constantly worried that they're not doing good enough because they set the bar so high for themselves. Now, that's great day to day because it means that for you as the business owner, 
they will hold themselves to task. They will make sure they're seeking feedback. They'll always be looking to improve. But here's the problem when they join the organization. They are terrified if they feel like they're not adding value and it makes them uh, feel disconnected. And that's one of the risks that you have of them then going to another organization where they think, oh, maybe I can add value there. And particularly going back to their old job where they knew that they could add value. Because particularly because maybe they're left because no one was validating and and providing positive reinforcement. Of course, (laughs) nothing causes a business leader to start providing that than finding out their A player is leaving. So as that new employee, you need to do a really good job of making them feel engaged, making them feel supported, but crucially getting them to a point where they're adding value in the business really quickly. And that's why we do that uh, through these kind of onboarding checklists, but also not just onboarding checklist but your your detailed processes which of course has the added bonus that everyone then feels like you're they're working in a and and are not just feels like but are working in a business that is organized that is consistent that does things in line with its value that's delivering awesome work and doing so efficiently and uh, and focused on value um and and is able to continuously improve that's one of the things i love like um i remember hiring two consultants on the same day uh, and thinking, oh, this might be a little bit tricky. I've got um, I've got a lot of customer calls and events that I'm doing that week. But because we had the onboarding checklist in place, it took an hour and a half in their first week of my time. But the amazing thing that was even better is that hour and a half was typically them asking a question that I hadn't already included in the onboarding. But what's brilliant is that I would answer the question, and then I'd say, great, now please update the onboarding, which meant that they would update the checklist with what I had told them, and then I didn't get the question from the other employee because <laughs> there were two of them. And so I'm in this situation where I basically never have to repeat myself because I just, you know, everything just gets updated in the checklist. And, and the employee loves that too. Like imagine if you're just joining an organization and already within the first one or two days, you're making improvements to the very documents and training that's used for other new employees. And so I think, those sorts of things can be a really powerful way in which you can make people feel valued, appreciated, like they're in the right place. Uh, and there's loads more that you can do. But I think that's your starting point is be more organized. Like the days of, oh, uh, you, you're, you're joining the company today. Oh, is that, t- is it t- is it that day already? Um, let me go find you a desk. Uh, you can use Janet's chair in the meantime. She's off sick. Um, we haven't got your computer yet, but um, perhaps by lunchtime we'll have something like you can't like that's such a poor experience that it's almost a, a meme, a joke at this point. Um, you've got to, as a business leader, you've got to provide a better experience through the recruitment onboarding than that. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, employees, colleagues are demanding more and more, as you said before. So, excellent, interesting insight. So, just just to finish off, then, if we think forward, um, clearly recruitment's a, a tricky market at the moment to get the. Not, I don't think to get applicants, but certainly to get the right people to one, get them join two, as we talked about, to drive that retention engagement. Where do you see kind of the next two years playing out? You talked about, you know, potential recession. So we're seeing these kind of short term salary hikes. Is that going to carry on or actually will that lead to maybe a round of significant redundancies just before people hit that kind of two year anniversary employment? If labor becomes cheaper, where, where do you see things playing out? Yeah, I, I think we're going to see a, a a weird sort of split in, in what happens. I think we'll see some organizations really upping their game in terms of how they recruit, how they onboard, and 
kind of working parallel to the kind of wider industry, right? So I, I think there'll be uh, some organizations that do really, really well over the next few years where keeping your costs down is key because uh, while we're going through uh, inflation and so on. Um, and so uh, I think there'll be, um, and, and now is a great opportunity because you've got a load of employees who value things like remote working, hybrid working, flexible working, um, having more, uh, being appreciated more, being more engaged, supported, all those sorts of things, all the soft stuff, which is actually comparatively cheap to provide. I think businesses that go down that route will uh, do really well in the next few years. Unfortunately, I think the majority of businesses will go the other way. I think that they will find it really hard to hire and they will find that they're constantly having to increase salary, keeping pace with inflation, doing all of that kind of stuff. And so it's going to be get um, pretty uh, tense. I think there will be specific industries that the recession hits hard. And so a little bit like as we had with COVID, you'll have... Um, uh, some people kind of retraining and moving out of industries. So with COVID, we had you know a lot of people moving out of hospitality, moving into other industries, and then not returning. And so those industries are going to take a hard hit, which again makes it even more important if you're in one of those industries, keeping the A players so that they don't end up leaving and uh, and going into other industries and so on is absolutely critical. So I think that's that's going to be one of the things that we see. It's a hard one to predict whether do we then see this all return, you know, how quickly do we see this return back or go back the other way? At what point do we end up saying, oh, now it's an employer's market because recession meant that everyone had to, you know, fire everyone and, uh, and now unemployment's high, um, uh, high and so on. I, I believe that, that that will happen. Like you've always got uh, the yin and the yang and the to and the fro of, of these kind of market cycles. However, I think that that will be for mass market employment. I think the A players, the people that that you really want in your organizations, the ones that are a great fit for your values, that they're always looking to improve, um, they you know they have uh, that uh, great passion for delivering great value and so on. I think that uh, they um, will perhaps be even more um, uh, separate from the rest of the mass market. I think and 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 I think businesses will be complaining less about I can't find someone and I you know just can't find a single member of staff to even turn up and stay. I think people complain will be complaining that there's loads of people out there and I don't have to pay very much, but I'm really struggling to get the the really good A players. And I, and I think that's the that's the key for a, a group of businesses that go down the other approach and, and do really provide a great experience for their employees. They're the ones that will uh, will cl- clean up in that in that area. Excellent. No, no, no. It's a good summary. I kind of yeah, I agree. I think we've we've seen some of that before, haven't we? And again, as I said before, I think we're in uncharted waters as well mm-hmm. for some of it. So let's see where it uh, it pans out. Alexis, it's been amazing to catch up. Really enjoyed the chat. Final question from me before you go, which is one everybody gets, is what's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? Best business advice I've ever been given is probably you get what you tolerate, um, which I believe actually the original source of that quote was given essentially in relationship advice, like <laughs> like don't don't end up in a in a bad relationship because you will you just get what you tolerate. But actually, it applies so well to all aspects of of life in your business because if you tolerate you know being disorganized if you tolerate having sort of average or below average employees if you tolerate 
um, being in a in, in an organization where uh, people aren't nice to each other, are flexible, or supportive, or whatever, then that you just get more of that. And I think that's the uh, that's the key for us. Really, uh, is uh, to, uh, set the bar higher for ourselves, for the bit, for our teams, for the business, and that's what you then get. Excellent. Brilliant. Like that bit of advice. And if people want to find out more about you, about the businesses, where's the best place for them to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on social media, Alexis Kingsbury. There aren't many of us and most of the other ones are either female and certainly not co-founder of Air Manual. So you can find me there. Uh, the other place to check out is go to airmanual.co. You can find out more information about uh, the product, but also you'll find links on our resources section uh, to things like webinars that we do and uh, various ebooks and guides that cover exactly how to free up your time, how to stop rep- uh, repeating mistakes, how to get make onboarding eight times faster and a hell of a lot less effort. You know, we've got step by step guides and checklists and so on so that people can apply that in their business. Brilliant. And we'll put those links in the show notes so people can just click through and find them. Fantastic. Thank you. Once again, thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure and take care. Stay in touch. Yeah, loved it. Thank you very much, Simon.